to me, it was the right fit, you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is, this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. We play in New Jersey, man, so there's going to be some chippiness, there's going to be some griminess, but we're leaving it within the line, and I'll take a team like that. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am Art Stapleton, your host of the show, and a busy time of the year where we're starting to get some clarity in the direction, the new direction, and a new chapter for the New York Giants. On today's show, I will break down the latest moves, give you kind of a state of the Giants and where we're looking with the era of Joe Shane and Brian Dable. I'll give you my thoughts on Wink Martindale, expected to be the new defensive coordinator of the Giants. I know that's a change from the last time, from our last episode of All In, so we'll get into that a little bit. And Burt Bainbridge, our new sports betting analyst for NorthJersey.com and the Atlantic region of the USA Today Network, he'll stop by. We talked Super Bowl He'll give you some prop bets that he enjoys, and also he's a Giants fan, so he'll give his take on what's gone on this offseason, where the Giants are at, and where we're moving forward. So I mentioned where we're going to go, and first up, Wink Martindale, the new defensive coordinator. Now, if you're not paying attention and following our coverage on NorthJersey.com or across the USA to Network, USA Today Network, you're thinking, wait a minute, I thought Patrick Graham was the defensive coordinator. Well, like I said last show, it was still a little awkward. Something didn't sit right with me that Graham would come back with a new staff and just kind of try to pick up where he left off. So he gets the opportunity to interview with the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniels. Not only did Graham spend time with Brian Dable in New England, he spent time with Josh McDaniels. He ends up interviewing. The Giants could not block the interview. They granted Pittsburgh permission to interview Patrick Graham earlier this offseason, and that was before the Giants even hired a general manager or head coach. So Graham interviewed in Pittsburgh, and once you grant permission for one team, you have to grant permission for all teams. So Graham went, he interviewed, And lo and behold, Patrick Graham is the new defensive coordinator in Las Vegas. The Giants needed to find a defensive coordinator. Now, if you've been following along, I told you several weeks ago, a name for a new defensive coordinator that was told to me was Wink Martindale from the Ravens. Last four years, top 10 defense, three of those four years this year got hit with a ton of injuries and they ended up parting ways, both John Harbaugh, and Wink Martindale. Some of that had to do with contractually. He was free, and I think he wanted a certain contract and he couldn't get it from the Ravens. But Wink Martindale comes, and all all I can think about is attack, attack, attack. Patrick Graham kind of, his defense was almost more of like an amoeba. They tried to adjust to an opponent week in, week out. I think Wink Martindale is going to be This is who we are. You need to match up to us. And it's an interesting dynamic. Now, I don't know what the personnel is going to look like. Obviously, there are some young players here. Xavier McKinney, 
uh, I think is a player whose star will continue to rise under Wink Martindale. It'll be interesting to see if Blake Martinez or James Bradbury, two guys who are big numbers against the salary cap, will they be here? Some of the rumors you started to hear already that maybe the Raiders would trade for Bradbury, putting him back in Patrick Graham's system. Remains to be seen what happens on that front. But some of the names that you started to hear to be on the staff with Wink Martindale, Rob Ryan, brother of Rex, was the inside linebackers coach in Baltimore last year. Another one, Brian Cox, former NFL player, obviously a tough guy. It's got some attitude. Maybe there's a possibility he comes in as a defensive line coach. He's been out of coaching since 2016, wanted to get back in it, was fired in Atlanta after the 28-3 Super Bowl debacle. Uh, Dan Quinn was looking to make changes down there. Isn't that ironic now? Dan Quinn... His name is being brought back up, even though he ended up going back to Dallas. So if Brian Cox is in charge of this defensive line, I kind of want to see what happens with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence under Brian Cox. Uh, What Brian Cox did for Grady Jarrett in Atlanta, uh, I think was a very good coaching job. He got a lot of credit for for Jarrett's emergence, even back in 2016 in that Super Bowl, if you remember correctly. So I'm interested to see the way things start breaking out. I think Jerome Henderson will be back as defensive backs coach. Uh, I think offensively, you pretty much got the names. Kafka at offensive coordinator. Tierney at quarterbacks coach. Could end up seeing Adam Henry, who was with the Giants in 16 and 17 as the wide receivers coach, come back and be with the Giants. He's interviewed for the job. Bobby Johnson is the offensive line coach. Now, all of this is unofficial. The Giants have not officially announced anything. They will announce something officially when the entire staff is put together. Uh, So from that point, I think Dayball has gone out. And the best part of what Dayball has done is that he's gone outside his comfort zone necessarily. You have to dig for the ties with these candidates and these coaches. There are no apparent ties outside of the guys that were in Buffalo, Tierney, Johnson. This has been Brian Dable going out, interviewing guys who are considered the best at their specific positions in the league. And that's different than what Joe Judge did. Joe Judge wanted trust. He wanted guys he can trust on his staff. So he went out and he got guys with ties everywhere. College, pro, anyone who was on his staff was essentially a guy who he had ties with. Even Jason Garrett, he somewhat had ties with because Garrett worked with Nick Saban in Miami and then Judge obviously had Saban as a mentor. But this is a break from that. Dable has gone out and interviewed candidates that are not necessarily guys who worked for Brian Dable. And I think that's important, and it's an interesting tweak here, and see how everything fits together as a puzzle. It puts more on Dable's plate, because you have essentially have to make sure that this entire staff is pulling in one direction, and you're all working towards a common goal and a common vision. Uh, everything is great now when you hire someone, but once the season comes and things start 
happening on a day-to-day basis and you've got uh, fires to put out, it's an important thing to think about when you're constructing a staff. So Joe Shane hiring Brian Dable with that connection, with that shared vision, that alignment. But also, Shane, another big hire here is Brandon Brown, assistant general manager from the Eagles in his young 30s. He's a guy who's respected around the league. I think that's a big statement from Shane to go with a guy. I told you a lot of different names that I had heard that Joe Shane mentioned in his introductory press conference that he has ties to. And those guys still may end up coming after the draft. A Dan Morgan from Carolina, Ryan Cowden from Tennessee, guys who Joe Shane has a bond with having worked previously with. But Brandon Brown is someone he respected on his own merits. And I think the combination of Shane and Brown at the top of the front office, we'll get into that more down the road, but uh, I think that's a good spot for what the Giants are trying to accomplish on the personnel side uh, of things. And um, that's, that's just where we're at. So that to me is the state of the Giants. Obviously, we're getting close to the combine, so we'll start talking about that next week. Uh, but hope you enjoyed the last couple weeks and followed along on that co- on our coverage because we really feel like we've we've been on top of it from day one if you haven't already please go to northjersey.com and subscribe digital subscriptions one dollar for six months there's no better time to get involved and go all in on our coverage of the new york giants and that includes this podcast so There are my thoughts of all the happenings going on with the Giants. If anything were to happen before our next scheduled podcast, we'll put up an emergency pod. But now it's time to go to Burt Bainbridge and my interview with the new sports betting analyst for NorthJersey.com and the Atlantic region of USA Today Sports Network. All right, well, technically this is a Giants podcast and we have to go back 10 years to talk about Giants and the Super Bowl. But... There is a big game being played on Sunday in Los Angeles. So I figured what perfect time to bring in Burt Bainbridge, a new colleague of mine at NorthJersey.com. He is the sports betting analyst, not just for NorthJersey.com, but for the USA Today Atlantic region. Burt, welcome to All In and welcome to really a big family here as we get going on the precipice of probably the biggest day in sports gambling in in the entire year right yeah no definitely i just want to say thank you so much for that nice introduction art i appreciate it i'm uh definitely ready to get going i'm excited so yeah it's what a, what a way to start a super bowl week so um yeah definitely a lot of bets could be going on probably the biggest game ever bet on before with all the legalization of uh sports betting so definitely tell me a little bit you know you i can't imagine you know you were seven years old, and you said, you know what, one day I'm going to become a sports betting, betting analyst. Um, right. So where did where does your love kind of for the gambling side or, or the betting side of the sports come from? Yeah, no, for sure. That's a great question. And, uh, you know, just like uh, any kid, obviously, you know, you grow, you, you grow up loving sports. And, of course, I'm from the Northeast area, so football was always a big uh, passion of mine growing up. And, of course, a diehard Giants fan. And, you know, unfortunately, they've been on some hard times. As you know, but, um, you know, and then as I got older, I kind of got, you know, fantasy football really started taking off, you know, a few years ago when I was in my high school 
page. So I really wanted, you know, I thought I wanted to go into that aspect of it. And, you know, in the past few years, that sports gambling's really just, you know, grown more and more throughout the country. It's been, be, you know, becoming legalized in more states uh, throughout the country. I was just like, you know what, maybe, you know, just get my spin on it. You know, I've just been trying to keep up informed with shows and sites that I follow. And then, you know, I just saw this opportunity. I was like, you know, I think this would be great. You know, it's, I feel like it's just, uh, it's an ever-expanding field. You know, it's just really feel like it's only at the base right now. It's just, you know, it can grow so much more um, from where it's at right now. But, uh, you know, it's just a great opportunity. I was like, you know, you know, fantasy, it's, you know, it's awesome as well. But, you know, once I, um, you know, you start figuring out where the sports world is going, get, you know, sports betting and whatnot is really just taking off really as it's going to be most likely legalized in probably, you know, majority of the U.S. within, you know, a few years, if, you know, not already. So, yeah, just once I saw the opportunity, I was like, you know what, that's something I got to jump on, something I've definitely been into these past, you know, about a year or two with just all the sites and stuff I've been following. So, yeah. Tell me, you know, you're obviously a sports fan. You mentioned you're a Giants fan. You, I've always been told that you can watch a game from a sports fan's eye, a football analyst's eye, but then there's also a way to watch the game from a betting analyst's point of view. And I would imagine that's something you have to get used to, right? I mean, when you when you look at odds, how much is it games you've watched or how much is it playing percentages and kind of knowing, you know, what's out there because it, it's it's not an easy thing to analyze. No, yeah, definitely. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's a healthy um, split between the two, but, you know, it's just, I feel like, you know, once you, you know, at first, of course, if you're just trying to jump into it, you know, bare bones, not doing a lot of research, you know, you just see, especially in a state like ours in New Jersey where, you know, it's uh, it's been legalized for a few years now, if you just try to place it better whatnot you know you might be successful you might not might not be at first but you know once you like especially like something i realized like once you um you know you just start doing a little bit of research and you start following some credible people or some sources and whatnot it really helps you get a better aspect of it and then i think honestly it turns like you know while you may um you know watch let's just say like a thursday night game between the titans and jaguars because we you know the nfl just loves to throw that game <laughs> or something like that at us once a year on thursday night football you know you know, maybe, you know, after, like, a certain time, you know, you'd be like, okay, like, you know, maybe this is a boring game, if, you know, and I'll turn it off, I'm not as into it, but, you know, if you're, you know, if you're strictly, you know, betting on the game as well, you know, you're going to have a little more, you know, intrigue and want to be like, all right, let's stick around, let's see what happens, and, you know, you just, you know, you just want to, you know, check out the trends as well, you know, maybe, like, one team's really going one way, one team's really going the other way, so, you know, I feel like it just keeps you, um, you know, just keeps you on your feet, keeps you, you know, Honestly, in my opinion, it keeps me, like, you know, just motivated to even, you know, as much as I love the NFL and sports in general, like, it just keeps me motivated, you know, like, keep learning about the players, keep learning about, you know, reading the injury reports and what's going on if players are getting benched. Because, you know, of course, that all has a factor in, you know, what the outcome's going to be and what the line's going to be, where it's going to start, where it's going to end. So I feel like that's definitely the case as uh, the case for it, you know. So let's talk, let's talk the big game on Sunday from, from a from a betting perspective, we get our odds from, from typical sports book. Uh, they're obviously a, a, a friend of this show. We've been talking about them since September. Uh, the, the game line is Rams by four and a half, according to, to typical. Now I thought you had a great piece on North about prop bets. You know, prop bets used to be something 15 years ago, you'd go to a Super Bowl party. You wouldn't necessarily bet prop bets, if you were looking to bet a game, you'd only bet, you know, point spreads, but now pop uh, prop bets have become so great. First off, tell me about what you see the game in general, where the betting line is going, 
Uh, and then we can get into some of the prop bets that you had in your story for NorthJersey.com, your favorite plays this weekend. Yeah, no, of course. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a really tight matchup. You know, it's, it's it seems like it could be a pretty close game. Obviously, like you said, the spread is a four and a half right now. So, I mean, it, it seems really close in where it's going. It doesn't seem like it's really, at least throughout the week, from what I've seen, at least on the on our on Tipico, um, it doesn't seem like it's moving really too far one way or too far the other. But um, I see it really being a close, kind of low-scoring game. Honestly, one of um, I mean, I'm going to get into it a little early, but one of my favorite things was actually right now in Tipico, the over/under is 48 and a half points, and I really actually like that total um, for a few reasons. Like the Bengals in their last seven playoff games, they've all gone under. The under is seven and zero in that um, head-to-head. The under is five and zero in their last five meetings between the Bengals and the Rams. And, um, yeah, I, I just like the way that's going. And the under is 4-0 in the Bengals' last four games following and against the spread win, which obviously they've been doing throughout the playoffs since they've been mostly an underdog, you know, against, like, the Chiefs and whatnot. So, um, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorite plays so far. But, um, yeah, it's been really tight. It's been, I don't, it really hasn't been budgeted too much from what I've seen, you know, one way or the other. It hasn't had a huge swing or whatnot throughout the week. So I, I think it's going to be a close competitive game. But, um Gotcha. Let's get into some some player prop bets. I know you had a couple. What's your favorite prop bet? Like if somebody said, "Hey, give me the give me the one you think is definitely going to hit this weekend." What's your what's your number one? Uh, honestly, right now for me, it's got to be my first one that I have right off the top, which is Joe Mixon under sixty four and a half uh, total rushing yards. So, like uh, with the Chiefs matchup last week, obviously, you know he he did go way over that number. He had close. He had almost hundred yards rushing on that day. But a big chunk of it was on. He had a uh, 20-yard run that game, which obviously, of course, boosted. But before that, um, that was the first time he hit that number all season. And he actually really hasn't hit that number in the past uh, two months or so, 64 and a half besides that one game against the Chiefs. So my best bet, I think, is probably um, it's got to be the Bengals. And, as, and just the way I see the game going, you know, I think uh, I think the Rams get the ball first. Uh, maybe they don't, you know, go right down and march down the field and score a touchdown. But I see them maybe getting a a few early points, and I think it's going to lead to kind of um, kind of a similar game script that the uh, that the Bengals had last week against or two weeks ago against the Chiefs, where they just had to throw a lot. You know, they were down you know big or twenty one three early against the Chiefs. So well, I don't I don't think it's going to be that um, big of a um, uh, I don't I don't see the Rams getting up that big. I do think they'll get up to a man, to somewhat of a manageable manageable lead, and I uh, I see the Bengals just maybe having to throw more than. Um, than actually handing the ball off to Joe Mixon and getting him the ball on the ground. So I definitely, that's got to be my favorite one under 64 and a half yards on Sunday. Now, I know you also had obviously someone who's very familiar with Giants fans, Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl with the Rams. You had him over five and a half receptions, which I, I thought, you know, that seems like a perfect line, right? I mean, it seems like that would be, you know, I could see Odell sitting at five, six receptions for 80 yards. What do you like about Odell in this game? Uh, and again, going against Eli Apple, notwithstanding. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, it's good old, good old Giants, uh, former Giants right there going at each other to win, uh, win the Super Bowl. But no, yeah, Odell, I mean, it's, you know, it's that right now, it's that plus 110, so it's that plus money. But, um, you know, like I said, I think the Bengals are going to kind of keep, keep it competitive. So I, I do see the Rams kind of keeping with their kind of more of a pass-heavy script. And, uh, of course, you know, I feel like almost the, the uh, Bengals are going to try to do what they can against, uh, you know, Cooper Cup, who's been arguably the best receiver right up there with Green Bay's uh, Devontae Adams this year. So I think if, you know, they're really shadowing him coverage or doubling him most of the game, I mean, I feel like you got to look at Odell. Like, you know, since he's been at the Rams this uh, second half of the year, yeah, he started a little slow, but 
been a he's been a focal point for Matthew Stafford. He's really been helping him out and getting the ball when Cooper Cup's you know not wide open or if they you know if he's not getting open every single play. Uh, OBJ has been right there, so um, I definitely like that. And, you know, I you know just with Odell's personality in the big stage and in LA in the Super Bowl, I feel like you know they're going to want to they're going to make it a focal point to get him the ball and maybe getting early and often getting a. Uh, OBJ the ball, I think, in this game. So I definitely like that over five and a half as well. All right. I, I liked your, your mixing thing. Obviously, I agree with your rationale. Uh, one thing that wasn't in your post, you obviously had Jamar Chase anytime scorer, which I thought was – that's a great – I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a great yeah, play, right? Yeah. I mean, that stands out. Uh, but when you look at the entire board – is there any anytime scorer? Because people love to kind of buy into that, right? I mean, the guy scores a touchdown, and oh, it's yeah. it's automatic, you know, jubilation when the guy get you know you hit your bet. Is there any value on the board that you see for an anytime scorer that you'd say, you know what, that's one that I might take a shot on? Not not necessarily the the top level guys, but one of those yeah. flyers. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you one of each. So right now. Um... I, I feel like both the forgotten guys on both the receiving cores. I like Tyler Boyd right now at Tipco. He's plus 220 to score. And I feel like, you know, again, of course, it's always with rookie Jamar Chase. You know, he had 13 touchdowns this year. He was third in the league in scoring. So, you know, obviously everything's going to be on him and what and whatnot. But, you know, obviously T. Higgins is a great example. But I could also see uh, uh, Joe Burrow also getting the ball at Tyler Boyd. You know, obviously he hasn't been a focal point this season with um, with those two guys ahead of him getting in in the mix, but, you know, he has been in the past, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, especially if the Rams, if Ramsey's focused on either, you know, he's most, you know, he's got to be focused on either um, uh, Higgins or Chase, you would think, most of the day. So I definitely think, you know, if, if their top guys are on those two, then maybe you could just watch out see Tyler Boyd slip through and get get an easy touchdown. And um, and then on the Rams side, I really like Van Jefferson. You know, he's a, you know, he's a young kid, you know, it's been kind of up and down with him. He's had some really big games. He's had some games where, you know, it's, of course, it's just been the Cooper Cup show or whatnot, or Tyler Higby's gotten involved. But I also like him, too, just kind of speaking. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, everybody's thinking, you know, it's going to be Cup, it could be Odell, um, whatnot. It could be these guys. Maybe they, maybe Stafford has, like, a sneak or something if they're at the one. But I also do like Van Jefferson. He's plus 250 right now to um, uh, to score. So I, I could also see him getting in, getting mixed in the end zone as well, just as a kind of an under, under-the-radar growth. So those are two guys I like, um, one, from, uh, one from each team there, I think, to get in that. Awesome. Well, there you go, all in fans. You know, you can go out and you know at your at your own leisure and do what you got to do. But Bert's giving you everything you need to know going into this week, having some fun. So now, Bert, you got to take your your betting analyst hat off, put your Giants cap on, uh, and just obviously a ton of moves the last couple weeks, a lot of changes. Joe Shane in a general manager, uh, Brian Dable at head coach all the coordinator moves, everything else. How are you feeling as a Giants fan compared to maybe you felt three to four weeks ago? No, I see, I, I, that's a great question. I would definitely say better. You know, you feel like it's going in a different direction. And like a lot of people have mentioned, you know, I think it's good that, you know, he, while we do have, you know, we have Shane and Dave all from the Bills, of course, so, you know, very – and we've had a few – you know, we've already brought in a guy from the Bills and whatnot. But I also like that he's also branched out and, you know um, – he got Cass, he got Casca, the coordinator from uh, that's going to be the OC for us from Kansas City. He also went out and you know once we weren't able to retain uh, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, he went to Las Vegas this week. Um, you know I think it was great that we basically got you know one of the top guys in uh, Wink Martindale from the Ravens. You know yeah. I feel like it's just giving us a nice blend of uh, you know just different voices and opinions where you know maybe 
you know, like, like, you know, like the past few couple head coaching searches or whatnot, you know, they could be in question, you know, maybe they're not branching out, you know, they're just kind of sticking to their own guys in the building. But I, I definitely think this is a change. I think it's a right a step in the right direction. I, I think the way the franchise is going, you got to think outside the box. It's not just the right answer is always not going to be potentially in your building. You know, you got to go out, you got to branch out and find it. So I, I, I'm definitely optimistic for sure. More opti- optimistic than I've been in the past few years, but you know, of course there's still a ton of issues, you know, offensive line problems, guys staying healthy. So um, it's tough, but I, I definitely think it's, a, I think definitely think we're um, starting off on the right foot with this, uh, with this um, front office and what, and what it's going to be. So, I mean, t- only time will tell obviously, but, um, but I'm excited and, you know, Probably the most I've been excited in the Giants offseason in a minute. I mean, if we don't have a ton of cap space and whatnot, but we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, they'll be uh, making some moves. Uh, Joe Shane saying that he feels like he needs to free up about $40 million in cap space, which will ultimately, plus minus, will give them positive $30 million. And, you know, when you talk about the draft picks that they need to sign and uh, whether or not they're going to be able to be players in the free agent market, even for, you know, second or third tier guys remains to be seen. But, uh, Bert, tell everyone where they could find you uh, on social media and follow you. And, you know, again, this is a great thing that you're starting up here, and we're uh, we're excited to see you go and, and take this as far as you can. Okay, awesome. Well, again, thanks. Thank you so much for your time, Art. I really do appreciate it. But you can follow me at Twitter at Bert underscore Bainbridge. You can follow me also um, Instagram as well if you're on there. Same thing. Just keep it easy at Bert underscore Bainbridge. Same thing. And then all my work, of course, uh, like Art said, at NorthJersey.com. Uh, you can find all of our great stuff there. So, um, yeah, those are my two main things. And, again, Art, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure being on with you. And uh, let's go Giants. Let's hopefully they can turn this thing around. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, listen, Bert. Later, so. <laughs> for, first time, but it certainly won't be the last. I appreciate you coming uh, on. No, for sure. Yeah, everyone, enjoy the big game on Sunday. Uh, For Bert and myself, thanks for tuning in to All In, and we'll be back soon on our next episode.